And then she had a cup of tea on her table and she said, oh, a cup of tea. And then she goes, oh, but tea's from Sri Lanka. That's geography. And I went, oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, you called so, yeah, your mum. It, it, it was difficult. It was difficult. I saw the geography and everything I could see. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, ca- you can say what I you said. You called your mum. That is, oh, that is amazing. I love that. <laughs> Welcome to Coffee and Geography, where my guests and I geek out about the world and everything on it, discovering that we are all geographers in some way, shape or form. I'm your host, Kit, and my pronouns are they, them or she, her. So settle down with a brew, hit that subscribe or follow button and enjoy the listen. This podcast is sponsored by the World Energy and Meteorology Council, or WEMSI for short. WEMSI is an international organisation focused on weather and climate data to support energy transition, and we also work with educators. WEMSI have created TEAL, an easy-to-use free visualisation tool that enables you to explore climate variables for the past 70-plus years. Get started at tealtool.earth. Find us at WEMCouncil.org and follow us on Twitter at WEMCouncil. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Geography. Now, after a bit of arm twisting and leg pulling and everything like that, I finally, finally have got hold of this person. Yes! I was hoping that that she would come on the podcast. And uh, after a little bit of convincing from previous guests, Daryl and Hina, owe you both a drink. I have with me Shanique Harris. Hello, Shanique. Hello, Kit. Hi. <laughs> oh, it's so lovely to see you. So uh, I'm going to introduce Shanique. And Shanique says that she is the protagonist of her life. That is the best opening line to a bio I've read. Um, <laughs> Shanique is the protagonist of her life, energetic and curious, and loves to set herself challenges. Shanique centers herself around God and fitness, and she knows that by doing that, that she can be spiritually and physically prepared to face her life as a working single mother to Ethan, who's six, and Jada, who's four. And Shanique full power to you as someone who is the parent to someone who's seven and five uh, so we, we we very quickly in the in the green room we shared a couple of anecdotes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think we both feel each other's uh i say, I say pain but it's <laughs> i know they have their moments don't they they have their moments they do, they do, they do. <laughs> and she is a lover of learning aiming to learn something new in her daily encounters with people and places and she says here in her words she also says she's far from perfect. Well, none of us, none of us are perfect. So that's all good. Exactly. Another thing we share. So yeah, uh, wonderful. And as I say, thank you for for joining me. And as I say, we've 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 both had. You know, I've got the privilege and the and the and the the luck that I have someone that I can tag team with the bedtime routine. Yeah. You're there, you know, with your hands full there with with those two. But we're both. They're down. Is everything quiet and everything peaceful in your household everything, now? Everything's quiet and peaceful. Everything's quiet and peaceful now. <sighs> I know. Yeah. And it, just... will be, it will be that, like that until I have to actually wake them up tomorrow morning, which is always <gasps> Okay. <laughs> so is that is that what it is? Do, do, do you have to go into their room and get them up? Because here it's like, no, go back to bed. <laughs> I know. Here it's that they, that, yeah, they, they, they're so energetic during the day that at night they just, they're conked out. And they, and I have to wake them up in the morning. So, ninety-five percent of the time, that's exactly how it is. Oh, so 
and I know there's pro I know there's pros and cons to both. Like if you have to get them out of bed, you've got a kind of you've got different battles than if you have to force them to stay in bed there's a different battle but what we've put on the door of um of the bedroom is that we've put a picture of an analog clock which says which states quarter to seven in the morning right and it says is it 6 45 picture of analog clock and it's a little quick a little uh, flow diagram yes um and then it's uh they love um oh encanto the movie at the moment oh, right, so it's yeah. a picture of maribel like like going yay then come in and then it says and it says no and it says is there a fire is the police outside you know and, <laughs> and then I it says that. no and then it's just maribel kind of a bit of a stern face guy saying go back to bed go back to bed yeah no i love that, <laughs> I mean, that that's great i definitely take that idea yeah, typical yeah, Douglas yeah. household. They have a flow diagram to t- tell them what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so um, I'm settling down for the evening now with my decaf tea. What have, what have you? What do you usually drink when your kids have gone to bed? I'm a, I'm a mint tea drinker. I'm a herbal Ooh. tea drinker. I absolutely love herbal teas. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not. I don't like milk. And I've, do you know what? I've never liked coffee. So. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, no, That's I love okay. I love a herbal tea, peppermint or any any type of mint. I love that. So okay, so is there a particular brand that you go for, or is it just you you pick up the nearest mint flavored teas you I'm can not, get? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too I'm not too fast. I'm not too fast. But um, when we go to when we go to Jamaica, I always bring back like mint bush, and then I'll boil <gasps> boil it and drink it. So that and that usually lasts quite long because it just dry, it's just dry leaves. So um, oh. that's really good. So if I have that, that's the best. But I haven't got any left at the moment. But um, oh. hopefully you get some soon. <laughs> oh, that's a shame because then I, I could have had two episodes where the guest had to actually show me the leaves that were brewed. Because um, last season when I spoke to Adil Hussain, the actor, he showed me his Assam tea because he's in India. So he showed me the oh. Assam tea that his wife made him. And like it was just golden and all the leaves were floating around the tea and everything like that. I was like, I could smell it from here, Shanique. It was like wafting oh. from across the across the across the globe. So I would have loved to. Yeah. So okay, you're just going to have to get back online with me another day and just show me his Jamaican. Yeah. Mint. Once I've had a trip to Jamaica, then I'll uh, I'll show you some Ooh. Jamaican mint, definitely. Okay. So that actually brings me on to um, the second bit is your location. So you're currently in South Croydon, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So for those people who don't know where South Croydon is, it is inside the uh, world's largest roundabout which is the uh, m25 motorway that goes around okay. london the london orbital so it's uh, it's a settlement that had been swallowed by london many moons ago uh, because of its urban sprawl and its urban conurbation um so croydon is that is that your patch were you born and bred in croydon As, yeah so that... I, I was originally from the north of croydon which is uh oh, right, so, okay. yeah so just yeah so the north of croydon i was born and then i i've moved to south croydon a couple of years ago so not not far at all from where <laughs> i was uh, born and bred so always been a croydoner okay now i know on the map it distinctly says croydon south croydon is there does any rivalry exist between the two places it's like in the two if you have like maybe a group of kids from a school in croydon and a group of kids in school in south croydon is there a little bit of set to between them or is that or am i just trying to think of something fantastical that doesn't exist yeah no not not really but south croydon is is sort of the the i'd say the quote-unquote posher area <laughs> it, is, it is nice to say i live in south croydon now 
<laughs> and I think a lot of people, it's funny because even people on my road, they're like, oh yeah, we used to live, we, used to, we didn't used to live in South Korea, but we moved here and, you know, and it's like, it's a nice thing to say that you live in South Korea, so, um, yeah, really nice area, really nice area. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? It's like, um, in my, um, so if you, if you go the flip side of London to where I'm from originally, so I'm from Harlow in Essex, it's really, really weird, like how because Harlow being a new town, a lot of the um, overspill of London's population and the pr- the post-war population um, moved out mm-hmm. to Harlow. That's what, how my grandparents came to Harlow because they were East End Londoners. And um, it was it was like that in Harlow. It was like um, when my parents bought a house on the outskirts, it was like, oh, we don't live in Harlow anymore. We live in Church Langley. What, 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 yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah, I think you do like, get a bit of that. Yeah, and um, yeah. and some of my parents didn't, but some of their neighbours would actually put uh, Church Langley, Essex, rather than Harlow, Essex, on their address. <laughs> <laughs> What's there to be ashamed about? Yeah, gov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you also mentioned Jamaica, so I guess that's a part of the world that you have a connection to. Yeah, so so um, but well, all my grandparents were born in Jamaica. Actually, my dad grew up there, although he was born here. But I think he moved there when he was about six months. So. Technically, he was well. He was um, sort of raised in Jamaica till he was in his mid twenties. Um, oh wow! We go, re- yeah, we go regularly. Um, my yeah, so I've got a lot of family out there, especially my dad's side of the family, and it's just somewhere I'm really, really connected to. Absolutely love oh. it. <laughs> so, other than Absolutely. other than your your mint leaves and the mint tea, um, what is it a part part of that world which like really speaks to your soul then? Do you know what's really funny is that obviously as an ex-geography, well, I say ex-geography teacher, but I will go back into teaching. I um, I start obviously when I was teaching about rivers, Jamaica was the first time I went in a river. Really? And yeah, so in, in Jamaica, we sort of bathe in the river, we wash clothes in the river, we swim in the river, and it's just, being in the river is just the best thing. So people think of Jamaica, they think of beaches, and when I go to Jamaica, I'm just straight for the river. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to go to the beach. I'm just, I'll go, obviously, we'll go to the beach, but it's just the river. I just want to be in the river. It's just fresh water. It's, it's, it's absolutely lovely. That is so cool. I'd say one of the things I really love about talking to people on this podcast is is dispelling misconceptions, myths, and stereotypes. Because mm. oh my god, there are so many stereotypes about Jamaica. I mean, I I, I don't oh, need yeah. to tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. So we're from we're from the north. We're from the northeast or the east, um, the Rio Grande Valley, which is obviously the river, the big which is obviously big river in um, in Spanish. So um, that's the area that we're from. We're from a place called Mortan, which is actually where the Marines are from. So oh, okay. my, ancestors, my ancestors were Marines. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, so I've obviously learned a lot about the Marines through my visits to Jamaica and speaking with people that live in Mortan, um, especially some of the older people. When I did my dissertation uh, at university, I did it, I, t- I took the advantage of knowing that I was from Jamaica and I could go there and I said, oh, I'm going to do my dissertation in Jamaica. So I did it about the Marines. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it all, <laughs> it all worked out lovely and I had a nice six weeks uh, six weeks in Jamaica doing my dissertation. So we are Marines. So Marines were um, the nanny of the Marines. She is one of Jamaica's national heroes. 
um, and she's the only female national heroine. She's the only female national hero, and she's buried at a place called Bump Grave, which is in Moortown. And it's a very um, you get lots of tourists that go there. Uh, quite a popular area to to go to in Jamaica, but it's quite unknown as well. There are there are Jamaicans that that haven't visited there. I've got a friend that lives um, up there, and he runs sort of like cultural tours up there, um, and part of that tour is to go to a place called Nanny Falls, which is a waterfall uh, named after oh, yeah. Nanny Marie. And it's absolutely beautiful. Nanny Falls. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah I'm so, just having a look now. It is, uh, it's yeah. absolutely stunning. And I'll tell you what, that's it, it's one part of the world I have, you know, I've wished to go to for a very, very long time. It Oh, it's that, that layering of that sediment and that rock, that's just, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. And, and okay. the thing is, obviously, when I was going there as a child, I had no idea of what, you know, but be, be, by being a geography teacher, obviously, when I learned about rivers, I'm like, oh, I'd, I always picture the Rio Grande Valley when I think about a river. <laughs> it's, it's never, you know, the River Tees. It's always like, oh, I can, <laughs> picture that, I can picture that river in Jamaica. Oh, yeah. And um, whenever I think of the River Tees, I always think of um, what's his face, the, the sixth form, what, the, the son of the oh, producer, yes, yeah. uh, Elliot, what's his face? Um, I, didn't, I don't so, know his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. For, for folks, if you're not sure what we're talking about, is that uh, there's a series of uh, geography videos for, for school kids, which were made in the late. 90s early 2000s and um the it was made for channel 4 and the producer of these videos had a son who was doing his a levels in geography so what did they do they made him the host of these shows um and uh, I actually yeah i didn't know that i didn't know that backstory but i know i know the yeah. boy i know the video well yeah and the journey he took from the the source of the teas down to the and then just where he gets his shovel out every every other now and then you know to look at the bedrock and the, and then the estuary mud at the very end but um i would have preferred to have done it i think in the rio grande in the <laughs> yeah maybe I'll, I'll have to uh, re- make a remake of that video <gasps> yeah, <laughs> do it wouldn't that be amazing i get my i can get my son to do it <laughs> seriously Actually, yeah. there's no shame there's no shame in that as you know I, I rope in theo to these things quite often so you know yeah. um the self-proclaiming geographer oh that's it. okay we've got a plan we've got uh we've got ethan and theo can do a double team that's gonna there yeah go. okay we'll, we'll scheme we'll plan out plan it out all for them we'll, we'll be those micromanaging parent <laughs> agents <laughs> yeah no, that sounds amazing ethan will love it oh that's brilliant yeah okay we got a plan there folks right uh yeah everybody i'll put a link in the description to that part of of jamaica and nanny falls and, and then you can read up about the history and everything because that sounds absolutely amazing well thank you for sharing with that that's that's brilliant and you're absolutely right when dispelling myths and stereotypes and things again when you think of jamaica you don't really think of of rivers and of course there's rivers in jamaica of course there's fantastic geology and there's things like that so Folks, go and have a look. It's absolutely brilliant. Look at that different side of Jamaica that doesn't usually get um, showcased as it should deservedly so be. Definitely. Right. So you mentioned um, just a few moments ago about the new role that you have. So you, after spending a little bit of time as a geography teacher, you've taken on this new role. And congratulations, by the way. I'm so, so thrilled. That for two things. One is that this role has been made available and has been put out there by such a prestigious establishment and two that you got it that someone <laughs> like you got it so i'm over the moon for this so this is um um 
something called Geography for All, and you're the project coordinator for it for the Royal Geographical Society. Um, and it just it just seems to fit. I'm not going to talk tell people what it is because you can do that. But for me, it seems to f- be a perfect fit for you right now because of you know the way that you you're so absorbed in in geography and how you try to go and connect with people and the environment. So tell everybody out there, what is this project with the RGS called Geography for All? Yeah. So I, so yeah, as you said, I was a, I was a teacher Um, I resigned from my role and it's funny because this, this role came up after I'd resigned. So I didn't actually resign for the role. It just so happened to, I saw it oh. um, and I was like, oh, this looks very interesting because it was, I was very keen not to, I wanted to do something different, but I didn't want to leave geography. And this was geography and education. And so essentially the Geography for All project at the RGS is um, aiming to increase the diversity of geographers beyond um, GCSE, so at A-level and undergraduate level. Um, the RGS has done a lot of research in the, um, over the past couple of years which has shown that at GCSE, it's a very diverse subject. You know, students from all different backgrounds take geography, but as soon as it gets to A-level and um, more so at undergraduate level, there it, it's essentially very white. Um, and yes, so this, yeah. Yeah, so this, so this project is trying to see what, what can be done to diversify, diversify the students that decide to take the subject. So... It's a yeah, it's a project that's been funded by the RGS, so it's money that the RGS have decided to put into. Um, and there, there's sort of three strands to the project. Essentially, the first bit is working directly with schools. So there's a number of pilot schools that I'll be working with, um, and we'll get geography mentors sort of going into the schools, working with students from Black and Asian minority ethnic backgrounds, um, students from lower lower income backgrounds to sort of try and engage them in the subject or support them if they need that Uh, but also creating a teacher network trying to create some cpd around issues to do with edi quality diversity inclusion and to support teachers because i think this i I see edi as this new sort of buzzword now that's sort of come up in a lot of organizations and i think it is very needed and i'm really happy that the rgs has taken advantage of the fact that you know, they've seen that this is something that's needed by teachers, support that's needed, um, and it's welcomed. And I'm really excited to be part of this project. It's it's so incredible. And um, we're both, as for, for folks to make folks aware, we're both uh, members of the Decolonizing Geography yeah. Network, which is how we know each other. And um, and so we, we've, it's, I think it's been quite incredible. I mean, you can speak, speak yourself on this, Shanique, but since we started that group, we seem to be, okay, you know, this needs to be, you know, because on the back of Black Lives Matter, the resurgence of Black Lives Matter and the killing of George Floyd, etc. When we first started that group, it really was right, okay, we need to now take this swell, this groundswell of, of action that needs to be taken. And it, it did seem like we had a big mountain ahead of us to climb. Mm. But in the short few, you know, a couple of years that we've been doing this, I think that we have started to see obviously progress is never going to be quick enough and there's still so much work to do but yeah. it seems as if as though we're now operating as a group as decolonizing geography group in a much more um what's the best way to put it a lot more people are out there like looking at groups like ours and saying we need this can you support us you know we're looking at the resources yeah. that you're doing compared to what we first started and then i think you know the rgs you know perhaps a little bit 
behind them, the geographical society, a geographical association, are starting to pick up on that and approaching folks like yourself and saying, this is what we want to do. And we actually want to have action. We don't just want to have lip service. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and I think what, what I see, what I was seeing a lot of was describing the problems, but then not much being done. And I think, like mm. you said, this, our decolonizing geography group has been around for two years now. Be, yeah. Yeah. It was June 2020. Yeah. So two years. And the, the project of the RGS, it was, it was very clear when I started that the project was to sort of highlight the work of people that are doing things. As a, it's not the RGS saying, you know, we know everything about EDI, we know how to how to make these changes. It was about sort of bringing together all these different groups, all these individuals that are doing really, really good work. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's. And for just for folks who are not from the UK or not quite sure of our education system, when Shanique says that um, the the students at GCSE, there's a very diverse range of students who are doing GCSE. So this is this is their equivalent of their their high school diploma, if you like. Um, so they're 15, 16 years of age. In fact, some of them are sitting their exams right in this period in, nah, in year 11, yeah, yeah, 10th grade. Yeah. yeah. So the 16 year olds. Um, and yeah, so at GCSE at that level, it's quite diverse, the subject of geography and geography-related subjects. But for some reason, when you get into the next phase of education, of secondary education here in the UK, where where, where kids can be even more optional with what they want to choose, that diversity really does shrink at the next yeah. stage, at, at what's called A-level. So, for, so for, for example, if you're listening in the United States, your, your kids will stay on naturally and go into their senior years at 17 and 18 into 19 at in, in school but uh, here they can opt on to that and uh, yeah it just and for seem, there seems to be such a dropout um, and then even worse into degree into undergraduate I was gonna say because I myself I did a geography degree um, and I graduated in 2013 now uh, but I was the only black student on my course of 300 and right. that was and that was very it was it was difficult for me because I was you know you're what, 19, 20, you know, 18, yeah. 19, 20, trying to sort of find yourself. And it, it was, it was, it was hard. It was challenging. And I didn't understand why I was the only black person in, on my course, because I thought it's such a great subject. And I'm learning so much about myself. Like I said, I did my dissertation on the, the, the country that my family are from. And so for me, I think it, there's something in geography that is just not connecting with all of with, with all students essentially right right and so that's that's what we're trying to unpick <laughs> and isn't it ironic and almost mm -hmm. an oxymoron that a subject which lives and breathes and celebrates diversity whether it's in the physical yeah. world or the human world yeah socially that doesn't yeah. translate into those who are using having it as their as their discipline it is yeah. It it boggles the mind, and yeah. so what? So for me personally, I've said this before in the past, and I think I've said that said it to the decolonizing geography group that we know we've got a problem in geography, that yeah. we are champions of diversity, but we are clearly doing something wrong because the wrong. kids are not yeah. staying on and doing it further. And like you said in in um, when you when you put stuff on the Google form, you know, you said that my desire is that young people are able to use geography to understand their life's history and use it to forge a positive and equitable future. Because I, sh well, obviously preaching to the choir here, geography <laughs> has got such a such a power for doing those things to making yeah. 
these things moving forward. If you don't have geography, you can't move forward to a more positive and equitable future. And folks who are not, you know, not white, not cisgender, you know, any give all those protective characteristics, they have to be along. As we say yeah. in the LGBTQ community, nothing about us without us. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, it, it, it's a real shame because it's like, as we know, and I, I can't stress how much I love geography and how much I feel that geography is the best subject. Yeah. Um, and I speak to family and friends and they're like, oh, geography, it's about like the weather. And it's just like, no, <laughs> so much more to it. And that's obviously the problem because there's there's some sort of miscommunication there about what, what geography actually is. And even now when I have conversations with my friends who are obviously adults now, and I tell them about what, what I'm doing and what I taught, you know, when I was teaching, they're like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Oh, I'd love to do geography now. So obviously yeah. there, there was some problem. Um, but there, there are changes being made, yes. Not as quick as we'd obviously hope, but the, the fact that things are moving. Um, but yeah, hopefully this project We'll be able to sort of, as I said, connect teachers to, you know, resources and groups like Decolonizing Geography and others and individuals that are doing mm. really good work and highlight that. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity to give a shout out to a few of my favourite um black geographers so we've got uh professor chris jackson so the geologist um he I'm, I'm still trying to get him on this podcast unique you know i'm like but but chris chris now that you've done the royal you know lectures now it's like too small fish for you mate <laughs> I, I just want to get him on so i can talk to him about pineapple pizza oh i just know he's cringing now at whatever he's listening on <laughs> um so we've got chris jackson um ajana katwa who is love who did a talk at the ga virtual conference last she's wonderful she's just so uh who else so we've got oh yeah of course the black geographers group led by francesca yeah. who i met who i met last week face to face oh, did you oh, <laughs> yeah i'm the, so at jealous the conference at the Esri conference which was really nice it was really nice to to put a like a voice and a name to an actual face <laughs> yeah i haven't had the the privilege of meeting her yet but um she's such a force and and um yeah. you know along with Liv and everybody in the black geographers it's you know so um oh yeah they just really inspire me obviously daryl sinclair because and i've already had the the honor of talking to daryl uh oh crikey i could keep i can go on really um yeah. but yeah there are just so many and uh, it's i'm so glad that these folks are, are visible and they're proud uh, not just about themselves as who they are and their individuals and their background but they're just proud geographers and they live yeah. and breathe it geography just really does enable to unite us and Shanique I really do wish you the very very best of luck and the best of wishes with this project because the more folks like yourself Francesca Chris Daryl that we can get into this you know it's just going to be better for everybody it's just going to yeah. be so much better for everybody I agree thank and thank you and thanks for all your yeah. support <laughs> please please do um have a look at this so it's called geography for all um and you can find that through the royal geographical society uh, website and you can hear a little bit more from shanique um and, Sh and shanique is there any if there's any particular school or anything who maybe want to chat to you about what you're doing or find out a little bit more so what's the best way that they can go about doing that yeah so if you go onto the rgs website and you click on schools and then go down to geography for all there's actually a sign up uh, a teacher sign up form there a very short form just to fill out awesome. um and there's also an email address so geography for all at rgs.org um, and that goes directly to me so if you've got any questions about the project or want to speak about anything then contact me directly let's get our schools involved in this okay yeah. so 
pause the podcast right now, go on the website, go and have a look, um, and ask ask Shanique. You know, when we next have a Norfolk and Suffolk DEI meeting, you know, let's see if Shanique yeah, or, yeah. or someone in the team is available to talk to us. Okay, let's yeah. get this going. Let's get it going. Yeah, this hasn't been this hasn't been this hasn't been done before. You know, it's a it's a new project. It's not like you know, I'm not I'm not following what's been done in the past. It's all new, yeah. and you know, it can go it can go any way. So any any opportunities for people to get involved, it's it's always going to be good. Yeah, and before before we move on to uh, a different topic, I just wanted to make everybody aware also because I just had it on my desk here, and it just just reminded me is that um, the diverse educators. Uh, book so diverse educators a manifesto which i had the honor of writing a chapter um in for the gender reassignment um section and there's a whole section in there about because uh, it's based on the nine protected characteristics and there's a whole section in here about race so um written by people with the authority to talk about such things um and about their experience as educators and what they can do for their students so this it's just another example of how we're moving forward and it just needs yeah. people to engage now. Engage. Yeah. Do my best Captain Picard impression. <laughs> engage. <laughs> Hi folks, a chance for you to recharge your brew, but also a polite prod to remind you that it's so easy to support this podcast. Simply liking, sharing, rating and reviewing means that it will get on more people's radar. Also, there are a few links down in the description which may be of mutual benefit. Please do check them out. Moving on to now something a little bit more personal, even though I know geography is personal because you love it so much. But um, when I asked you, like, is there something you can name that's as far removed from geography as possible? You were like, well, that's a difficult question, Kit. That's extremely difficult. Um, because you say, you say the more that you think about something, the more you look at something, the more you just see the geography in it. So well, I kind of... Well, yeah, it, it's funny because when I, when I was answering that question, <laughs> I was uh, I called my mum and I was like, this is the least, <laughs> the least geographical person that I know. <laughs> um, and I said to her, mum, just give me something that's got nothing to do with geography. And then she had a cup of tea on her table and she said, oh, a cup of tea. And then she goes, oh, but tea's from Sri Lanka. That's geography. And I went, oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, you called so, yeah, your mum. It, it, it was difficult. It was difficult. I saw the geography in everything I could see. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you can say what I you said. You called your mum. That is, oh, that is amazing. I love that. <laughs> folks that's one of the highlights of season two ah okay (laughs) so um okay but you went for something very spiritual and all you know in and in that respect quite literal is that okay what is something that can be as far removed from geography as possible and you said heaven which i guess yeah yeah that kind of makes sense um because you said here as a christian i believe that we're all one in the world but not of the world quite a deep one you put here one thing i find really fascinating is um that this debate i suppose about religion versus science faith versus science and i never really yeah. understood it to be honest because because i'm a, a i'm i'm atheist myself and i wouldn't say i'm a spiritual person but then again i would say that actually in order f- for you for science to progress you have to have some element of faith because 
how are you going to take a punt on a hypothesis or have that imagination to think how are you going to query some un, you know unnatural thing and say oh how does that work without a little bit of faith so i think the two do complement themselves quite well but um so yeah as a christian just describe to us how how it kind of like it kind of influence you as a geographer maybe or how geography influences you as as a christian and that's a bit of a strange question to ask but just run with it how you ever so wish <laughs> um yeah I've, well i've always i've always gone to church um i kind of grew up going to church um and for me it was just sort of the normal thing you know being being a christian was just the normal thing um there were times when I, you know, there were actually long periods of time when I when I didn't go to church. But recently, I guess having, especially having children as well, for me, a lot of my morals and um, the way I am are very based off like stories from the Bible. And so it's really important for me that my my children went to church and or go to church and understand, you know, who Jesus is and that God exists. Um, but yeah, when you said that, when that question about geography or the earth and it just it just brought to mind you know a scripture from the bible that talks about you know be in the world but don't be of the world and so i thought well heaven is sort huh. of you know I, that was the only thing i could think of and it's that it as i said it sounds very deep and i'm not <laughs> and i'm not here to preach i mean i'm still i'm still learning i'm still learning <laughs> so much about you know about about the bible and stuff but um yeah that was that was the only thing i could think of <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will I'll admit to you that I'm I'm a I'm a, a lapsed Catholic. So I was raised uh, a Catholic. Um, okay. My mum's side in the family, in particular, was was I wouldn't say religious, but they were that you know we did go to church every every Sunday. I, I did have my Holy Communion when I was what was it ten or eleven that you have it. Um, yeah, yeah, I was about that age too. You know, becoming a geographer seemed to be set set in a star side, which because the, the the stories in the Bible that really fascinated me the most were ones with the 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 you know the the natural the the physical phenomena. So it was mm. Noah and the flood because I'm I was I was less interested in the story of Noah and the ark. I was more interested about the animals that he chose. To, you know, what yeah. how exactly did did God bring about this flood? You know, and then. Me being me as a job, I'm thinking, you know, did did he did he do it through convection? You know, like massive amount of convection, and, and there was huge <laughs> clouds, you know, or did he do, did he do a series of hurricanes? You know, and so yeah. that always fascinated me. Cumulonimbus clouds. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a cumulonimbus cloud there, and a cumulonimbus cloud there. Noah, I'm building these cumulonimbus clouds. Just get ready. Yeah. Um, and of course the. Um, the plagues in Egypt as well. So I'm uh, thinking about how how there could have been meteorological phenomena behind those. And so yeah, yeah. and, and uh, what what conditions might there have been in play for for Jesus to have walked on water? So so I took a very very analytical kind of yeah, that's really interesting. I, I was gonna say I'm not, I'm I'm sort of a little bit similar in the sense that now when I read the Bible, I always think about where is this place. So I'm always yeah. trying to find it on a map. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oh, you know, what was this? Where, what was this place? What is this place now called? Or where is, you know, where is it? So that that's, I guess, that's the geography that I see when I when I um, read the Bible. But I I like your idea of thinking about the the sort of natural phenomena behind yeah. the events that took place. Yeah, I think I think someone actually did do like an investigation in kind of like the 
the looking at geological and historical records to see you know what kind of conditions would have caused the plague of locusts and stuff like that and it's just fascinating to me and how and how the story in the bible you know could have been based on those phenomena and and then all these things get put and i just find it fascinating and um and for me, even though I'm, I'm not religious myself, I can appreciate that worldview because there's been quite a few times when there are things which are which you can't explain. And when I talk to someone who who has a deeper faith than I do, and I kind of ask them about it, they they kind of like come of it from a different perspective, and they and they look at the mm-hmm. situation or this dilemma and say, well, you know, this is what the Quran says this is what the Bible says this is what the scripture says and, and I'm like that's a really interesting way of looking at it and I'm, and yeah it's I think I think we're all richer to maintain that kind of that kind of spiritual diversity I suppose um, so we linked it back to geography after all oh. <laughs> everything oh, oh yeah god yeah <laughs> we did, didn't we <laughs> after all of that I should have just gone with the tea <laughs> Yeah. Oh, bless you, mum. Okay. One thing uh, I like us to play then before we um, end up with all we all geographers is jog on. Five random topics, completely random. I just went to this website I use, pressed the button, and it splurted out five topics at random. And all you've got to do, Shanique, is um, pick three of them to talk about. So if you want to talk about something, you say, I'll jog on, Kit, talk about it. And if you want to say, nah, thanks, it's like, take a hike. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. You have five. The first one, and these are completely random. First one is the military. Would you like to talk about that in any way, shape or form? Or would you like to take a hike and move on to something else? I think I'll take a hike. Okay. So you have to talk about three and you've got four left. Okay. The next one is lighters. Lighters. Um, lighters. Okay. All right. I'll, uh, jog. Is it jog on? Yeah. Go on. Go on in. Okay. Um. Oh, one of my favourite songs is called Lighter. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, it's by it's actually a Jamaican artist, uh, Shensia and Taurus Riley, and I really like that song. Uh, so when you said lighter, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's lighter. Um, lighters. I. I use a lighter every day, actually, not for smoking, but for lighting my candles because I love candles. Oh, okay, good segue. Okay, yeah. So, do you have like like scented or or what? Um, I have I I candles, any candles. When I left school, I actually told my students that I, I love a candle, so I've got quite a few now. But yeah, so <laughs> scented candles. I love vanilla or fruit, so like sort of like berry mm. smells. Um, yeah. It doesn't. And these candles doesn't have like world best geography teacher on it, does it? No, no. I think to be fair, oh. I think they're probably just from the local Sainsbury's, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool! Oh, you, you did that quite well. And thank you for that that song. That was a good sidestep. There's three topics left, and you've got to talk about two of them. And the, the okay. third topic is birds. Birds. Oh, the national bird of Jamaica. Uh, the doctor birds. My dad told me this, but I don't know if it's true. It's the only bird that can fly backwards, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, and it's, yes, it's a, it's a it's a hummingbird, I believe. And my best friend oh. actually got a tattoo of it for me because she wanted to, 
a part of me on her and she got a tattoo of my favorite bird <laughs> it's so cool so okay uh so the doctor bird the red billed streamer tail is its full name mm-hmm. is part is uh, indigenous to jamaica where it's the most abundant and widespread member of the hummingbird family yeah so oh oh it's such a beautiful bird oh, it's, it is. it's got it's got a, a green yeah a green breast and it's got pink wings and oh what a, and a lovely long tail yeah and I, yeah i do believe it can fly backwards and um yeah so i've never seen i've never seen one maybe one day i've never seen a hummingbird in the wild never um i've seen them in sanctuaries and things like that but i've never seen them yeah. one in the wild yeah i'm so tiny as well so i've just seen yeah. the picture everybody that of um of a hummingbird sitting on someone's index finger the width of its feet is no wider than just one segment of your finger it is absolutely wow. tiny um oh this they might as well just be a giant insect really <laughs> <laughs> oh that's lovely Oh, thank you for sharing that. Right. Okay. So um, two left. So you have to talk about one of them. If you skip this one, you've got to talk about the last one, right? Okay. So we're sticking with the animal kingdom and we're, and tigers. Oh, tigers. I think I'll take a hike. Okay. Right. You've got to talk about this one then. Um, and it could be how much you hate it, love it, use it, don't use it, what you think of other using it. And that's Facebook. Facebook. Oh, my first. No, was it my first encounter with social media? Possibly. Was Facebook before MySpace? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, oh, we're sh- we're showing our age now, aren't we? I had Bebo, High Five. Oh, Bebo, yeah. Yeah, MySpace. My MSN. Facebook. AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, yeah, God. Welcome to AOL. That was the, uh, when I used to log onto the internet. Um, oh, God. Now I sound really old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But no, I love Facebook. I use it to connect with um, a lot of family. I, to be fair, I don't I don't really I don't really use it a lot to update my status, but I do message on mm. it a lot to keep in touch with our family abroad especially. Um so yeah. It's definitely changed, isn't it? I mean, it it was re- limited to people who had just graduated or are currently at college or university because yeah, yeah, you had to sign yeah. up using your university or college. Um and I I got on it for the first time in 2004, I think when the UK universities were allowed to sign up to it. Well, if you had a university. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. you had to have a university or a college uh, email like address. AC.UK or something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, but now, of course, it's um, it's it's, yeah. it's open cesspit for everything now, so. I do love Facebook Marketplace, though. Facebook yeah. Marketplace. I just recently bought 15 items for my son for £15, and it was like shorts, T-shirt. I oh, absolutely love it. I'm all over Facebook Marketplace. Win. Yeah, I, win. yeah, lover of secondhand clothes. Yep, upcycling, recycling, circular economy. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no harm in that at all. Oh, good. It's good for uh, like resources as well, like the geography sort of groups and yeah. the exam board groups and stuff. That was really useful too. That's a good point. Yeah, everybody. If 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 Facebook, if you're on Facebook and not really used it but much, or but those Facebook groups, those geography mm. groups, for example, they're really, really good. They're quite vibrant, and there's a lot of chat yeah. that goes on in those. So, yeah, it's a good, good point, good chat. Yeah, you come through that unscathed. So, and there great job go. with the lighters. <laughs> 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 so we're all much wiser now, especially about the uh, the doctor bird as well. That's great. All right. Okay then, Shanique. So we've come to the end of our chat. So there's one last challenge for you. Uh, and we're going to link you to the previous guest, which was uh, Jeremy Patrick, Professor Patrick from California. 
um, who is a Disney nerd, a Disney nut, um, also a professor of geography, though. So that was a really interesting conversation. <laughs> um, and um, he was given the word um, love by my close friend, um, Francis Mbakati, who is uh, from Malawi. It was quite nice in how we did that. And so uh, Jeremy has uh, chosen uh, one of the five senses for you, Shanique, to try and link to geography, and that is smell or smells. We're going to give you 30 seconds to talk about smell or smells for a geographical lens. Think you can do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a challenge though, smells. Oh my Okay. Okay. I'm, th- I'm thinking smells and I'm thinking of CH4. Ooh. Methane. It's methane. <laughs> and that's geography. <laughs> that's all I can think of because I always, I always, have, I always, uh, yeah, that, there's always that funny moment in the classroom when you tell kids about, um, about methane and they're like, oh, that's cows farting. Oh, that stinks. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can think of that links to smell in Fine. geography. Yeah, there we you just go. talked about 30 seconds of, of, of methane. Yeah. Um, so, and then, of course, it's the, it's the cow's burping, which, of course, uh, rather than the farting, which is the misconception, but still smells. Well, there you go. Look. Still, yeah, it still smells. And it makes the kids remember it, though. They always remember that. This is true. When they, this is very yeah. true. The thing that comes to mind, to my mind is the um, rotten egg smell. You know, in the volcanic oh, areas. Yeah, the sul- is that the sulphur, isn't it? Yeah, 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 the sulphur. And the other thing, of course, is that the gas that comes into our households is actually odorless, and they add that smell in order for you to detect whether something because the gas that really? comes into our household is is odorless, so they add that smell. I didn't know oh, that wow. until about a few years ago. Yeah, wow, there you go. And gas, we can go off on gas. We can gas about gas now. And, <laughs> gas about gas. Yeah, we could be. Oh. And the gas bills that are going up. Just have oh, my mind no. today. <laughs> Let's oh. talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Crikey, mine's doubled in price as well. So um, I, yeah. I, 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 I spreadsheet geek. I keep, I keep a log of all my stuff, and um, we use the same amount of gas in the month of April as we did in the month of March, but it costs twice as much. Yeah. Pants. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I appreciate the reasons why that's taking place, and uh, I know the fact that I have the, the privilege and the means to afford that for the time being. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of people don't, and uh, I really do feel for those you know folk who are struggling with their fuel bills right now. Yeah, sustainability. Get everybody's homes insulated so they don't have to use so much gas. Come on. There you go. I I work from home in my conservatory because it's warmer. It's like a greenhouse, so I don't. And the sun comes in. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's lovely. But the rest of the house is absolutely freezing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Shanique. So um, next uh, guest is going to do their 30-second We Are All Jogfers challenge. So do you have a word in mind you'd like to give to them? Um, I'm going to go for language. Language, yeah. The word language. Everybody, I think this might be the first time in coffee and geography history that we've had a We All Geographers word for the second time, which is amazing. And that's not a problem because it will see what the next guest comes out of. And for the word cloud for the podcast, we finally have a word which is bigger than all the other ones because it's come up twice. Boom. What, has language come up before? I think it has. I think it was... um, Oh, who would have done it? I think it was Joanna Mendez's um, ah. from episode six or seven in season one. 
So yeah, let's do language, guys. We're gonna do, have another run of it, and we'll see. We'll compare notes. Cool. I was waiting. That was going to happen eventually. It was going to happen eventually. There you go. Right. Um, so, Shanique, um, you've already made a mention about how people can get hold of you for the through the Geography for All um, project. But uh, for you, if um, do you have your own um, social media? You said you're on Facebook, but do you have Twitter or anything such as that? Yeah, so I'm I'm on Twitter at Jog Shanique, so G E O G Shanique S H A N I Q U E. Yeah, and do give uh, Shanique a follow on that. And do you have any shout outs you would like to give? Oh, there'd be too many. There'd be mm. too many, and I feel like I can't miss anyone out. But I definitely have to give a shout out to Steve Brace because yeah, go Steve. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, absolutely love working with Steve, and so yeah, I'll definitely give a shout out to Steve. Yep, Steve Brace, who's um, I can't, I never can remember what his actual job title is, but he's yeah, education head, lead, head, head of education, yes, at the Royal Geographic Society. Yeah. yeah, and Steve, I know you listen. I know you listen to the podcast, Steve, and and you know, and if you want to come on, just just let me know. We'll we'll have you on, and uh, I know Shanique is. Uh, I know Shanique's gonna do you folks at the RGS proud and, and she does I know she does the folks in the decolonizing geography proud you know because of um, you know just just your spirit and your get-go and just your determination Shanique and um, and thank you so much for um, everything you've done and from what I've learned from you and just been able to collaborate and work with you as well as I've, I've just really really enjoyed it and and it's great to con- hopefully carry on working with you through the new role that you have yeah looking forward to it and thank you for having me on. Yay! Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Shanique. Thanks, good. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so more stories and experiences can drop into your favourite podcast app. If you fancy being a guest or have any feedback, follow us on Twitter at CoffeeJogPod and send us a DM. Or you could email coffeeandjog at geogramblings.com. Until next time, keep geogging.